Welcome, beautiful souls, to a brand new chapter and mini-series of Dear Diary, the Self-Love Podcast. I am your host, Amanda Beatty, and I'm really excited to introduce something special that's been brewing here behind the scenes. You see, I believe in the power uh, and strength that comes from sharing our stories and embracing our struggles. I mean, this is literally what this podcast is all about. Me sharing my stories, my struggles, my triumphs, my wins, my lessons, my wisdom. And so that's why I'm super excited to announce this upcoming couple of episodes. I'm not really sure how this is going to last. This may last for a while. This may ebb and flow. This may something be something that comes around every now and then. Um, but it is our coaching series, real life coaching series. In this series, I'm going to be diving deep into the heart of real life journeys. We're going to explore relatable struggles from clients, from people, real life people that I connect with on a daily basis to ignite and empower and inspire you to navigate through life struggles. In each episode, we will tackle common challenges that many of us face. And so for those moments when you're navigating uncertainty and seeking clarity and simply looking for the extra push or support to overcome these obstacles that are in our paths, these episodes will serve you well. These episodes will also be about connecting and resonating and realizing that we are not alone in our battles. I'm in the arena with you. There are others in this arena with you. We are all walking on this journey. We all have our shit that we struggle with. And the exciting part about all of this that I'm really, really excited for is that you, yes, you listening, have an opportunity to be a part of this journey. So if there's something that you're struggling with, if there's something that you're yearning for guidance on, if you're looking to work with me and receive coaching support without actually working with me, you can submit your question and I can answer it on the podcast. Everybody will stay anonymous. Nobody's names will be involved. However, if you'd like, I will reach out to you and, you know, send you the episode so that you know, like, hey, here it is. Here's your question. I answered it. Um, but I, I do think that keeping people private is super, super important for me. So here's your chance. You can share your story. You can submit your coaching questions or bring up any current challenges that you are facing. Just simply head over to the show notes, find the form that is waiting for you. This is your platform. This podcast is your platform to be heard, to inspire others through your experiences, and to receive valuable coaching insights that can light you up and help you heal. So let's embark on this journey together. It's time to amplify our voices, uplift our spirits, and show the world that there is so much resilience that is within us. Join me in this coaching series and let's create some growth, some empowerment, and some transformation. Thank you for being a part of this. I love you. I appreciate you. This incredible community means so much to me. Your stories matter. Your struggles are valid and your victories are worth celebrating. So head over to the show notes, fill out the form, and let's create some magic together in this little mini-series. Until next time, let's get into it.
Welcome back to Dear Diary. This is your host, Amanda Beatty. Today, I want to talk about something that I see all of the time, something that I experience a lot, something that my fellow coaches and leaders and mentors and anybody that I talk to, it's something that we all experience. And I think that this episode will leave you feeling like you're not alone like there's hope, like there's light at the end of the tunnel, because if you're feeling this and I'm feeling this and everybody that I work with is feeling this, then it's going to be okay. You're not alone in this. We are all in the arena together. These are the things, the problems, the limiting beliefs, the issues that people come to me with all of the time. This is like, these are like the top five things that I see consistently and that I work with my clients on a consistent basis. And so as you listen to some of these, ask yourself, like, do I experience this? And then listen to some of the tools that I'm going to give you because I'm going to have solutions. I'm not just going to be like, yep, these are all the problems that we have and then just like leave you hanging. (laughs) I'm going to give you some solutions, okay? And there's a common theme. There's like a golden thread that goes through all of these. They're all sort of connected. They all have the the basis, the foundation of if we would just choose us, if we would just make ourselves a priority, if we would just be more present with what's alive inside of our bodies, these things would just start to fade away. They wouldn't have so much power and so much hold over us, okay? So listen with an open mind, a graceful heart, and I hope that this episode serves you well. Here's number one. (laughs) The number one thing that I see everywhere with everyone, and I'm including myself in this list too, getting the fuck out of your head. Oh my God. If we could just do that as a collective, as society, (laughs) we would all be so much better off. We are constantly in our heads. We are constantly running on autopilot, just letting the monkey mind run the show. I heard somebody say on another podcast a while back, like living in your mind castle being a prisoner in your mind castle. like, And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I felt that deep. And so let me just clarify, like sometimes it can be good for us to be in our head, right? It's like good for problem-solving skills and planning for the future and writing our to-do list. Like we, we want to utilize our minds. But when we let our minds run the show, that's where it gets a little sticky, okay? (laughs) And I know you know what I mean, right? If we're becoming a prisoner of our thoughts, sometimes it can reach a point where we don't know how to get out of our heads and we're just stuck up there. And then we're overthinking and then we're having an increase in mental health issues and anxiety and stress and depression and just typically when you're in your mind – you're doing maybe three things, right? The first thing that I said, like problem solving and planning and clarifying the things and and like really using it intentionally, that's fine. The second reason we could be up there is because we're, we're worried and anxious and 
doubtful and stressed about our future, right? We're not living in the present. We're focused on the future and what if and how come and, you know, the who, what, when, where, why of why we're not where we want to be and why is this so difficult and what am I going to do about this? And we're just, we're stuck in the future or we're finding it difficult and overthinking about the past and we're anxious and we're stressed and we're worried about all of the things that led up to this point. So really getting present is going to be the first tool to get out of your mind. You hear about this a lot. I feel like this is like the common culture of speaking about mindfulness. And what mindfulness really is, is just getting present. Getting to the present moment. Getting focused on the right now. Right? There's a a grounding technique where you can look at five things that you can see four things that you can touch, three things that you can smell, two things that make sound, and one thing that you can taste. And I probably screw that up. (laughs) Now that I'm thinking, I'm like, I don't think that's exactly how it goes. I'm going to link an article that I found about that in the show notes. But it's basically a mindfulness practice to like get grounded and get present. And it's really good for people that struggle with anxiety, struggle with like the worry of the past and the future, and just really good exercise and a tool to get present, okay? If you can get out of your head and into your body, that is everything. It's the first thing that I do on all of the calls that I have with my clients, all of the coaching calls. First thing, you know, you come to a to a call, uh, these, my clients, they come to my calls and they're you know, they just drop their kids off here or they're, you know, having conversations with their husbands or they just had a really long day or just whatever. And it's like, they're not, they're in their heads. And so we always, always, always tap into their bodies, either through a little meditation practice, some breath work, and just like landing in the present moment. Okay, so I want to talk to you about some of the tools that we use. Like I just mentioned, meditation, intentionally shifting your attention from the thoughts of the world around you and focusing on the stillness of your body and your breath. It's such an incredible tool. And I know Meditation gets a really, really bad rep. You know, you think of it as like sitting on the floor, crisscross applesauce, hand palms facing out. Oh, like it's not like that. Okay. You could literally meditate on the toilet. The whole point of it is to just quiet the mind, focus on the breath, and just letting your thoughts come in and let them go. Let them come in and let them go. Not attaching to any of them, right? So that is a really, really, really good tool to get out of your head. Breath work is also a really it's an amazing tool because the the power of your breath is something that you have with you at all times, right? It's not like a journal that you have to keep with you. It's not a a therapist that you have to call. It's not a you know, it, there's, it's literally with you all of the time. So when you shift your breathing to a slower, more controlled 
breath pattern, taking deep breaths. It tricks your brain into thinking that you're relaxed, even if you're like really, really, really stressed out. Shifting your breath to a slower, more intentional pace, focusing on your breath. You can literally trick your mind to thinking that you're calm, which then shows your body that you're calm, which then results in you actually getting calm. Okay, and there's different breath patterns, so you're not going to do like a really fast, quick-paced one when you're feeling anxious and you're in your head. You want to do a slow, gentle one. This is going to lower your cortisol levels. This is going to control your blood pressure. This is going to increase your serotonin and just give you that overall relaxed feeling because when your body is in your mind – and then it gets into an anxious state, your blood pressure rises, your heartbeat increases, your breathing elevates, or for some sort of stops. So by purposely slowing down your breath, it just signals to the body that there's nothing wrong here and there's no reason to worry. And eventually, the more you practice breath work, the, the quicker that you can just like, you remember that you have that tool with you all the time. So when you made this really amazing dinner and your kids are like, I don't want to eat that. And you start to feel your blood pressure rise and you start to get stressed out and you just, it just instantly is such a good tool to get out of your head into your body and just calm yourself. Another way to get out of your head is to become a better feeler. Often we have these thoughts that run on loop and we we kind of like play into them. We we feed them with our insecurities and our doubts and our, our limiting beliefs. We try to push them away because we don't want to feel these things, right? We try to suppress them with whatever insert your coping mechanism is, whether it's food, uh, you know, Netflix, shopping, Uh, alcohol, sex, like whatever it is for you, right? Instead of just feeling your feelings, allowing them to take up space, noticing that they're there, not attaching to them, whether through meditation or breath, just noticing and then letting go, becoming friends with your feelings. Like what? (laughs) You are not your thoughts, but the more that you fight them, the harder they're going to fight back. Another great tool is journaling. I know journaling gets a bad rep too, especially for for people that are busy and that don't have a lot of time or for men in general, right? Journaling is kind of like a girly thing. But it doesn't have to be fancy. It can literally look like a brain dump, right? We're talking about staying out of your mind. So this method of journaling, brain dumping, is literally just writing down all of your thoughts. All of the most frequent, troublesome things that are just running through your mind. They don't have to make sense. They don't have to be sentences. The grammar doesn't have to be correct. It's literally just dumping what's in your brain down onto paper so that you can open up space inside of your mind 
And sometimes when you when you look at what you've written, and you don't have to do this, you could literally like write it, done, rip it, shred it, burn it, leave it, forget it, whatever. It gets it out. But if you wanted to, you could read it and sort of get clarity on some things too, right? Like noticing any patterns or any thoughts that you're like, whoa, there's a lot of unworthiness going on here. There's a lot of fear and doubt. Is it true? Do I need to really focus on this? Is everything going to be okay? You know, it just it really helps you sort of take the weight off of your shoulders, take the weight out of your head and just notice. Sometimes when you notice, you're like, that's not even real. Why am I even worried about that? What? Does that make sense? Getting present, mindfulness, that is the most important thing. So however you do it, whether it's journaling or breath work or meditation or going, getting outside, hitting the gym, um, you know, whatever it looks like for you, just getting present, getting out of your head and into your body. It is so, so, so key to getting yourself unstuck from that monkey mind. Okay. So that's the first thing that I hear all the time. Get out of your head. Get out of your head. The second thing that is an issue for the majority of the people that I'm in connection with, making yourself a priority, choosing you, honoring yourself. Okay. How many people are listening right now and you're a little bit of a people pleaser? Maybe you're a mom and you wear a lot of hats. Maybe you were taught that you needed to take care of others in order for your needs to be met. Maybe you were taught that it needed you needed to be good in order to receive love. So now you make everyone happy. Okay? This is this is an issue. This is a thing. If you can, it's it's exactly, it's so cliche, but it's an oxygen mask idea, right? You get on a plane and they give you the whole spiel about put your oxygen mask on first. Because if you don't and you put it on someone else, you are not going to be any help. You're not going to be any good. You're going to be dead. So you won't be able to take care of your kid if the plane goes down, Right? Put your oxygen mask on you first so that you can be fully present to take care of those who you love. You've got to take care of you first, okay? So making yourself a priority, what does that look like? I mean, we all know what it can look like, right? But it's it's pretty simple. Self-care is number one. It's not a luxury. It's a necessity. The end. It's not a self-indulgence, self-preservation type of ritual. It's, it's imperative. It is your lifeline. It's going to be what helps you unleash your fullest potential, achieve a peace of mind, enjoy living a, a fulfilling, joyful life going to get you out of your head, right? It's going to help you create positive change within yourself and the world around you. It's not something that you step away from your family and then feel guilty for wasting the time to do it. 
It's something that you can spend time investing in yourself because you are your most valuable asset. Self-care. Make it a part of your life. Make it a part of your daily habits. Not just a, oh my God, I haven't done that in a while. Whoop, damage control. (laughs) Right? Make yourself a priority. And if you have to, time block it. Put it on your freaking calendar, okay? You've got your kids' doctor's appointments. You've got your job meetings and your chores and your commitments. Put self-care on there. Put you on your to-do list. Block out time for you. Maybe it looks like a coaching session or a therapy session, exercise, just engaging in some sort of like unwinding ritual at the end of the day or a check-in and an intentional morning routine. It makes a world of difference. And I I hear it all the time. I don't have time. You would have more time if you moved through life more intentionally, more at ease and more at peace than just like scrambling because you're – running from an empty cup, you're pouring from an empty cup, your oxygen mask is not on, you're gasping for breath, you're in your mind. I promise you, you'll have more time if you just choose you and make yourself a priority. Make self-care a part of your daily routine. It's so important. And if you can move through your day more mindful like we talked about before, Cultivating some mindfulness practices like meditation, breathing exercises, yoga, you avoid getting lost in the distractions of putting others first. And you're able to focus on you more. So that is the second thing. Put yourself first. Choose you. You hear me say it all the time. I think there's like three episodes on this podcast that are like, choose you. Take care of you. Make yourself a priority. The second thing, I'm sorry, the third thing is setting boundaries. We are so terrified of setting boundaries. We don't know how to set boundaries because most of us weren't taught. Most of our parents didn't have boundaries, right? So really deciding what is important for you, focusing on what is a priority for you, And not just saying yes to everything. Again, that goes back to the, again, they're all intertwined. It goes back to the choosing you. If you're saying yes to anything and everything and everyone else but you, you need to set some boundaries. And it's perfectly healthy and it's actually a really good example if you have children to show them that it's okay to set boundaries. It's okay. Your boundaries don't have to look like barbed wire fences that people get shocked when they come near, right? They can be loving and gentle. So say yes to things that feel good. Say yes to you and start saying no to things that are spreading you thin, that are leaving you feeling drained and depleted. Delegate some of your responsibilities to your family, to your spouse, to your coworkers, 
set clear expectations with your family and your friends and your coworkers. Boundaries are so important, and that's like a whole separate episode, but I, I'm, I will say you are not alone if you struggle with setting boundaries, and boundaries are not a like one and done thing. I really, I'm still working on boundaries. I have a client that we've been working for weeks on, on really just making setting boundaries a priority and like continuing to honor them, you know, because you're not going to have people in your life that you're like, this is my boundary. This is what I'm willing to do. And this is what I'm not willing to do. This is how I feel. This is what I'm saying yes to, saying no to. And they're just going to be like, okay, great. No, people are going to test your boundaries. Life is going to happen. People are going to constantly be poking you, asking more of you. So it's boundaries are something that you have to revisit constantly. Making sure that they're firm, making sure that they're loving, making sure that they feel good, reevaluating them. Do they need to change? Right? Boundaries. Oh my goodness. Say no more. I promise you, it feels really good. <laughs> Literally, just try it. Just for like maybe the next 12 hours. For the next week. Say no more. See how you feel. I promise you, you're going to be like mind blown. Sometimes I I make it a game. Like, what can I say no to today? Oh, that to-do list that like there's like six things on there that I really don't even need to do. They're really not a priority. I'm going to say no to all six. Whoa. <laughs> that just opened up a lot of space for me to practice some self-care to do things more intentionally, to choose me, right? And then, so what are we on? Staying out of your head, putting yourself first, setting boundaries. Number four, it's always been this way. This is just who I am, okay? This is a faulty belief. This is a story that you have told yourself of like, this is just how it is. This is the way it's always been. This is the way it's always going to be. Nothing's ever going to change, okay? That's a victim story. Doesn't matter what the this is always the way it's going to be is. It doesn't matter. It is a victim story. It's what you're accepting. You don't have to accept that it's always been this way and it's just who you are. Maybe you've been programmed to think it's who you are. But what if you checked in, like really checked in to who you are? Is it true? Or is it just the reality that you've been living for so long? Is it because you've been living in your head and on autopilot believing this story for so long? And this is a deeper one, and we're going to get into this on another episode too, but but I wanted to really put this into this episode because it's something that I hear a lot of just like, this is how it's always been. I don't know any other way. But I promise you, if you can get out of your head, if you can make yourself a priority, and if you can start setting boundaries, it's not how it would always be. You are deserving of more promise you that. We're often operating on these faulty belief systems. 
these unhealed operating systems. Maybe because of our past, maybe because of our childhood, maybe because of a toxic relationship. It doesn't always have to be this way. This is not who you are. I got news for you. If it doesn't feel good, if it doesn't make you lit up, if it doesn't bring you joy, it's not for you. We were not born on this planet to suffer. We have suffered because of things that have happened to us, but that's not who you are. So I really challenge you to think of some of these things that you say, it's just always been this way. Really like sit with that. Okay, it's always been this way. Does it need to continue to be? Do you maybe need to set some boundaries in that relationship or leave that relationship? A lot of unworthiness issues. Okay, we're going to get to that. That's going to be number five. But unworthiness issues. Are you really not worthy of love? Is it true? I love that exercise and I do that a lot. It's like a journaling exercise. Write down all of your limiting beliefs. I'm not good enough. I'm not successful enough. There's a lot of not enoughness of the things, right? I'll never have this. I'll never be loved. My love is conditional. I'm only worth receiving breadcrumbs. I'm never going to get my happily ever after. Ask yourself, after all of those, are they, is it true? Is it true? Of course it's not true. Of course you don't have to work hard to receive love. Maybe it's felt that way, but is that what you're deserving of? Is that what you're worthy of? Working hard to receive love? No, that's not true. And again, maybe it has been up to this point, but you have the power to change that. It's not just the way it is and just, I'm going to just roll over and play dead and accept it. No. No. Hmm. Okay, number five, unworthiness. I cannot tell you how many women come to me with that scarcity mindset, that unworthiness of just, I'm not good enough. I'm not successful enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not deserving enough. I'm not creative enough. No, you are enough. And if you can really get good with getting out of your head, because that's where the ego is saying, you're not enough, and tap into your body and see what do you really feel? How do you really feel about yourself? I know and you know damn well that you know you're deserving of love, that you know that you are deserving of a successful, joyful, easy, abundant life. There's just some things that you need to let go of. There's just some belief systems that need to leave. You just need to become a better feeler. Because I know that those unworthiness issues, you're suppressing them. 
you're you're coping with other things. You're letting them run the show. But they're not real. They may feel real, but they are not true. How can you choose to love yourself just a little bit more? A tiny little baby step. Maybe it's not comparing yourself with others. Because the only person that you have to compare yourself with is you. Are you a better person today than you were yesterday? Do you feel aligned with your values in life? Are you happy? And if you're not, what are you going to do about it? Focus your energy and your time on understanding and loving yourself. That is the key to helping shed some of these unworthiness issues, some of these beliefs that don't serve you. Feeling grateful for what you have and for who you are and choosing to love yourself just a little bit more than you did yesterday because you are worthy. You are capable of amazing, amazing things. And I hope these five limiting beliefs that I hear all the time, I hope you know you're not alone. And there is light at the end of the tunnel. And it all comes back to loving yourself, choosing you, making yourself a priority, setting boundaries, honoring yourself, and knowing that it's not just this way and it's not always going to be this way. You are worthy of so much. That is it for today's episode. I want to take a special moment to extend my heartfelt gratitude to each and every one of you for listening, for taking time out of your day, for taking me in your shower or while you're doing laundry or driving in your car your time, your energy, and even your commitment to your personal growth is nothing short of awe-inspiring. And I am over the moon grateful for you allowing me to join you on this life's journey. If you found even a glimmer of value in today's discussion, I encourage you to pay it forward and help me spread these healing messages and inspirational vibes far and wide. So, Take a moment, click the link in the show notes to connect with me on social media. I love connecting with this beautiful community and getting to know you on a deeper level. And I am so grateful for you to listen, allow me to join you on your journey. And I love connecting with you. I love engaging with you and I love hearing your takeaways. So guess what? Here's an exciting bonus. Follow, rate, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you share this or any podcast, make sure that you tag me because one, I love hearing your takeaways. And two, because when you do, you're automatically entered into my growth and gratitude giveaway. Just make sure you tag me so that I see it. Your voice matters. And by sharing your insights, you are contributing to the growth and inspiration of others, helping me create ripples of healing and insight into the world. But that's not all. 
increase your chances by winning one of three incredible prizes and one-on-one opportunities to work with me by joining my Love Notes newsletter. It's a weekly delivery of inspiration, self-love wisdom, exclusive content, and special offers right to your inbox. By subscribing, you're not only adding value to your own journey, but you're also earning extra points towards the giveaway. It's a win-win. So here is to our journey of self-love and growth and discovery. Thank you for making this podcast a part of your day. Remember that your kindness, your engagement, and your commitment to personal growth are what make this community so incredible. The links for everything are in the show notes. I appreciate you so deeply for taking the time to listen. Until next time, stay inspired, stay empowered, and keep spreading that love.